0: We are back. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Welcome to Simply Amazing. Uh, Guys, this is is fun, huh? Uh, We're having a good, good time. So the Mets just took three or four from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Some in thrilling fashion, some in dominating fashion. Uh, Even the loss was in a, a dominating fashion, just on the other side. But we'll get into all that. You may notice that we're, we're here on a Friday. Uh, we're going to try to start doing, go back to two episodes a week. We're, we'll uh, see if our schedule allows. But, uh, yeah, I think um, everyone can agree this team is doing really fun things right now. There's a long, long road ahead. But, man, you, you can't help but get really, really excited about what's going on here. I think the uh, the energy, the vibe, the everything. Uh, we talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. When the Mets are good, you could feel it. Just the, the energy and the electricity among the fan base. And, yeah, we got that in, uh, in full force right now. This is exciting. This is, is big. It's, um, it's you know, it's, it's everything we, we kind of waited for. But, you know, the Mets have had a lot of standouts. They've had a lot of consistency. Uh, they've even you know even had some guys coming out of the doldrums um they still have a few left in the uh in, in you know in that 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 struggling zone but you know all in all this team is is really just uh plugging along will be an understatement this team is is a a locomotive right now they're just moving along that they, they you know they, you had people say oh well you know the Mets played the the Nationals the Phillies and the Diamondbacks and yeah well you know it may turn out that those teams are pushovers. I think the Phillies are uh, are more of a uh, a threat than they're at least looking to be so far. I think that's that's going to be a very good team. Uh, you got to think that the rotation might be uh, their weakness, the, the bullpen as well. But you know that offense, that offense is scary. I think we saw that um, in the series uh, last week, two weeks ago. That's a um, that's a team that could really make some waves, but. You know, the Giants coming into town, that was a test. That was a real test. The team coming off a 100-plus win season in 2021. Uh, you know, championship experience. Uh, a solid core. Been together for years. You know, this is a, a championship-level ball club. And, uh, yeah, San Francisco Giants coming to town. And it's uh, it's chilly. It's cold. It's windy. First game gets uh Postpone because of rain. You get the doubleheader, and yeah, you know, the, the Mets just did their thing. They st- even when they fell behind, they stayed calm, they stayed collected, and they just kept it moving. That's really what it's all about. It's um, it's exciting, and you know, they're, they're, like we said, there's guys that have just been carrying the way. I mean, look at Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar entered Thursday uh, sixth in Major League Baseball. He had 1.0 wins above replacement. Uh, Via Fangraphs, that was uh, he was tied for the Major League lead in doubles, third in walks. He did it all without hitting a home run. Just absolutely a force. Everything is advertised and then some. You know, he came in on a um, a very very economically friendly deal, and uh, (laughs) he's been you know just anything, everything the Mets could have could have anticipated when he came in. So on Thursday, of course, Escobar finally got on the board. He hit a two run home run. So he's now heading into the weekend, hitting 318, 464, 591. His 1.055 OPS is 10th in baseball. And just behind him, he got the man of the series, I guess you could call him. It's uh, Francisco Lindor. His. And this is after Friday's, after Thursday's games. Uh, 1.034 OPS is 12th in major leagues. You know, after the uh, the struggles that we saw Lindor go through in, in his first season in Queens, this is all very, very good. Uh, in the Giants series alone, Lindor went nine for 17. He had two doubles, a home run, three RBI, three runs scored. He's hitting 308, 419, 615 on the season. You know, we, we turned we talked about Lindor turning that corner last year. Uh, he hit two fifty seven, three forty one, four ninety three over his final three hundred and thirty four plate appearances. That's from May 29th on, complete with a, a five week hamstring injury in there. You know, I, I just I don't think anyone could have anticipated. You know, everyone knew that this player was in there. There's no reason the Mets would have went and acquired him and signed him to this you know decade long deal if it wasn't. But I don't think anyone could have anticipated this sort of rapid turnaround. <laughs> we'll certainly take it, though. Um, you know, Brandon Nimmo's been terrific. He's hitting 314, 429, 571. He missed five days on the COVID IL. Mark Canna, who was also uh, on the IL, he returned Wednesday compared to uh, Nimmo on Tuesday. He's hitting 379. He's got a 471 on base percentage. Pete Alonso's got a 828 OPS, three home runs. Jeff McNeil's at 283, 365, 391. Looking totally rejuvenated, looking happy. You got Travis freaking Jankowski, the pride of Nichols Road, the Prince of Port Jefferson, the mythical Seawolf of Stony Brook. Travis Jankowski stepping up has just been a a treat to watch. I I think Gary Cohen noted it on the SNY broadcast this week. Most had Travis Jankowski pegged as the first man on the chopping block once rosters are, uh, are slashed to 26 on May 1st. Uh, I'd hold those horses now, man. Travis Jankowski is 6 for 19. He's played outstanding in center field. You know, this guy's a bona fide asset to this team's objective, which is winning games and, and staying healthy and keeping everybody fresh and staying productive. And, excuse me, staying productive if you have a quality guy on your bench who you can plug in there when let's say there's a covid absence let's say just someone needs a night off travis jankowski fills that gap man uh, this is you know these are the little pieces the little tiny little you know m- just building material that it takes to to put a, a skyscraper together it's um it's all very very cool stuff you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have guys who are really struggling. Uh, you know, James McCann's been mostly non-existent at the plate. JD Davis, Robinson Cano, and Dom Smith. You know, they've come through in some spots, but you know, inconsistency has definitely plagued them. You know, with the depth around the roster, you know, the Mets have wiggle room to kind of push through these pockets of underperformance. Though, as the season wears on and guys begin standing out as more capable options, like Travis Jankowski, um, you know, those guys lagging behind, they're going to have to pick up their games in response to garner at-bats and plate appearances. That, that's kind of the, the joy of internal competition. Speaking of which, <laughs> the Mets starting rotation, um, you know, they're really embracing that the whole uh, aspect of trying to one-up each other. So through 14 games, the Mets' starting five, well, starting six, including David Peterson, they have a 2.10 earned run average, 86 strikeouts, 17 walks, and a 0.83 whip, walks and hits per innings pitched. As a group, and this is including a short camp and Taiwan Walker's two-inning outing before he went to the IL, this group has averaged 5.5 innings per start. Without Walker's start, that jumps up to five point seven innings per outing. Again, with such short time to prepare, with cold weather, with just early season stuff, you know, you're gonna have bad nights. And I think we saw that with McGill. He started off. He he started off a little slow in his last start. We saw that with Bassett too. You know, it previous in previous years, you would see the Mets give up 3 or 4 in the first 3 innings and be like oh all right well at least from a fan's perspective oh be, you know this game's over <laughs> looking in the dugout you kind of get the same energy but this team that's not the case you see you're seeing guys hang tight stay in there you know i know it's on the mound but stay in the box and 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 just keep keep working keep fighting through it and you know that's of course encouraging to see just in general that starters are 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 working their way through issues but it also leaves the bullpen totally fresh um you you don't it's just one less headache well a million less headaches because there's 148 games left so you know it's such a um a a a measured approach and uh everything's breaking the Mets way right now you gotta hope it stays that way but it's been uh, it's been fun, you know. Max Flur Max Scherzer, excuse me, uh, flirted with history on a very cold Tuesday night at Citi Field. Took a no hitter into the sixth. He struck out ten. Mets swept the doubleheader. Tyler McGill, we just talked about him. He finally uh, faltered in the opener, but the Mets picked up big drip and and they walked it off on Francisco Lindor's uh, RBI single in the tenth. Uh, the Giants finally got to Chris Bassett on Wednesday night. I think Bassett entered the, entered the night with a 1.86 ERA in three career starts against the Giants. Um, but the Bassett hound adjusted and settled in nicely, and he finished his night on Wednesday um, strongly. You know, unfortunately, Carlos Rodon effectively you know shut down the Mets. and <laughs> They never quite regained their footing, but, you know, that's going to happen. You know, Carlos Rodon, Rodon's foreseen. Had the best run value in the majors last season per stat cast on Wednesday, he threw it 81% of the time <laughs> with a 40% whiff rate. You know, that's just unstoppable guys. You can't touch him. You, you absolutely can't. Um, you know, there were some waves made later in the, uh, in the game on Wednesday night, but you can't win them all. No, you just have to settle for three or four and winning your first four series and being the first team in the majors to reach 10 wins. um, you know, it's a long road ahead, but man, what a start. Uh, again, I told you guys this would be a very quick episode, but before the break, we do have to tip our caps to the Mets' bullpen. Um, after a really very uh, rough start, the uh, the Arm Farm or the Arm Barn, whichever you prefer, they came into Thursday's game with a 2.18 ERA over their last seven games, which is very encouraging. Um, Adam Ottavino and Drew Smith have yet to allow an earned run. Jason Shreve has a lower ERA than Edwin Diaz's. Uh, Diaz is at 1.50. Shreve's at 1.42. You know, this is a guy who was signed to a minor league contract. Um, Yeah, boy. Uh, Billy Epler and, and Co. Are, uh, are really pushing all the right buttons, or they, they have been pushing all the right buttons, and you just got to hope that continues. Trevor May looks to have bounced back from whatever was ailing him early on. He's put up... Uh, two scoreless innings since returning to the lineup on the sixteenth. Even Joeli Rodriguez is chipping in. He's holding lefties to uh just a hit and a walk with five strikeouts. You gotta love that. Um, you know, I guess everyone was a little confused when the Mets traded away Castro and we talked about it last week. Drew Smith has kind of stepped into that role and run with it and uh, for when the Mets got rid of Aaron Loop or let Aaron Loop walk away without really you know doing much to bring him back into the mix you know you had to all all, kind of all winter you're waiting for the other shoe to drop well who's the lefty (laughs) what are are we going to do here and uh yeah so far so good with with uh with between shreve and joely rodriguez man this uh really uh, buck showalter is using everybody you know just in the in the in the right spots there really hasn't been too many um head scratchers on that front and that's again a very very nice uh change but we're going to get into uh, a little bit more of that in the second half everybody hang tight and uh, we'll be right back And welcome back. Uh, as noted, the Mets have won 10 of their first 14. They've won all four of the series they've played. They are sitting pretty on the way back out to the desert for a weekend series with the D backs, who are currently. Ooh. They're up 3 4, so they're uh, looking to split in Washington before heading back home. Um, look, we're all familiar with the benefits of beating up on bottom feeders. Uh, it's one of the old school hallmarks of, of good teams, whether it's any sport that you're playing, any level that you're playing. You, the better teams beat up on the inferior ones, and 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 that's what separates them, pretty much. Of course, you have to be good teams too, but you clean up against the ones who are you supposed to be. Um, you know that's to discredit the Arizona Diamondbacks, but you know they're they're not quite <laughs> fighting for a division title anytime soon, and. You know, the Mets should uh they, they should have they absolutely had the chance to sweep in the first time and let's hope they go into uh, Chase Field and and, and, and give the D backs another run for uh for for a few wins. But um like I said, we're all familiar with those benefits. Um, this team's you know, the old school aspect to it and this team kind of has that old school feel to it. You know, the bunting, the stolen bases, the um the hit and runs, which we saw Luis Guillorme pull off to a to a T on Thursday. You know, the small ball. It's all working and it's it's working real fucking well. And not to mention, like I said, the relievers who are going more than one inning, which please, please, please be careful. But yeah, this is um Welcome to Buck Ball, folks. You know, we're ready to have some fun or what? You know, and that's not to say that the previous managers and field generals that the Mets have had weren't able to kind of tap into those wells of baseball strategy. I'm just thinking that Buck may be the only one with the um with the I guess excuse the mm, He may be the only one with the guts to actually Buck the trends. Ah, I didn't want to be cheesy. That's a cheesy pun, but whatever. But really, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Showalter was keen that to the effect of the, uh, the humidor baseballs being dead early on in the year with the, uh, with the cold weather and adjusted accordingly. It's like, like a goddamn soothsayer. Um, look, there are certain aspects of this job that only experience can open doors to. Luis Rojas. Luis Rojas is a baseball lifer. He will be a successful manager one day. I truly believe that. But this team needed Buck. Maybe Buck needed this team. I mean, really, have we seen a more jovial, honest, having the best goddamn time of my life demeanor coming from underneath one of those team-issued three-quarter zip warm-up jackets? Not in recent memory you know, Terry Collins maybe, but that's kind of the same vibe where you know, there's uh I guess there's a business and a personal side to to being a a leader of men. You know, you put 26 guys in a room and you have to have one guy in charge. You know, maybe having that I don't want to say father figure, but just that elder in the room. The one who has seen it all happen that's beneficial and that's kind of what what buck brings and um like i said the 148 games is a long way to go before anyone just start patting themselves on the back but you could almost feel like buck knows that too yeah, i can only imagine the vibe behind those doors um and i think we've kind of seen it spill out there's just a cool calm confidence and it just keeps building and building and eventually at least we hope you know, the top's going to blow off in uh, in line drive form. Just very, very exciting times. Uh, you know, we've all, as Mets fans, we've all got our hopes up. We've all allowed our hopes to get pushed and propped up before. And God knows that we've all seen those hopes just dashed, um, you know, countless times. But, boy, uh, things just feel different Um you know teams have started 11 and 1 <laughs> teams have have been in first place for for months and then fall fell off and i'm just going recent memory here guys but you know there's been look at the, the best team money could buy you know that turned into a 100 lost team look at um you know trying to improve on that 2000 ball club and, and the 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 depth that it went to before things turned around in the mid 2000s. Like we've seen it all. We've seen all of the nonsense and the bullshit and just this, it feels different. Trying to find holes in this roster and what Epler and, and, and his crew have put together. It's really tough, man. And then you got the, the minor leagues and you actually have true bona fide talent making their way up. It's just, It's an extremely exciting time to be a Mets fan. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Um, I really think that's all we got for today, just a a very quick one. We'll be back on Monday with a new one. Um, Until then, you guys know the sign-off. It's Let's Fucking Go Mets. We'll see you next time. Peace.